Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories that will inspire you, educate you, and of course give you hope. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, a global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. Today my guest is Mia Johnson. Some people say, well, you just got to do whatever hand you're dealt with. Well, this lady has got a lot of things that were dealt to her and her perseverance, resilience, and overcoming her hardships make her very powerful in how she's helping other ladies in her community. She was born to drug addicted and alcohol, excuse me, she was born to a drug addict and alcoholic mother placed in foster care when she was just a year and a half years old. She went to many foster homes, she was adopted at six, and she was sexually abused, becoming, we've heard this phrase, a juvenile delinquent. Running away, doing things, finding love in the wrong places, and homeless at 16. And the list goes on, and what she has done to overcome and how she's taking that pain and putting it into power, well, let's ask her ourselves. Please help me welcome my guest today, Mia Johnson. Welcome, Mia. Welcome, thank you for having me. Yes, you were referred to me, we'll give her a shout out as Stephanie Borders, because she knows more about you personally in the community of where you are in Sholo than I do. But as soon as she told me, and I said, oh, I've got to know more, because there's a lot of things that people don't talk about, and you actually are taking this pain, using it as a powerful tool to help others, starting a coaching business and writing a book. But let's start with, I have a hard time with this one. There's a lot of things in here that would hurt anybody and trigger them. I believe everyone believes that, I believe everyone should have a place to call home. And we don't always have the ideal family. And that's kind of what you've got, two things that you're missing. And that could easily put anyone in a spin to say, I'm not loved, I'm not wanted, why should I care? Which is kind of some of the stuff that I read that you had provided me. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you re really remembered that you were put in foster care at only a year and a half years old. But where did that put you in the foster system in a home that wasn't the structure that people would say the mom and dad? And where, where was your thoughts when you understood where you were or weren't? Good question. So I have a lot of, um, I could say disturbing memories as a young child from, from going from, from home to home. I don't really remember the feeling of grasping the concept that nobody was really there for me. There was just so much chaos going on in my life. And, you know, they say from zero to seven are the most influential years of your life. Um, it, it's where your foundation is built. So by the time that I got adopted at six years old, I was an emotional disaster because that foundation wasn't there. And um, so I think it was around six or seven when I started to realize that I was emotionally really really struggling. And we do that as adults, and, and we've also heard you know, many times over that we are programmed at a young age. Like you said, we remember certain things from the, the seven-year range, but a lot of that we end up taking with us because we're programmed not knowing that there's anything different than what we were in the environment of. You already said how it was chaotic, but you probably didn't refer to it or thought it was chaotic. It was the normal, right? Definitely. Um, and I... I I hesitate on some of these questions because they are sensitive, but yet you've also taken this power and put it into use. But it you wasn't- You can ask me anything that you want to. Okay. So 
no one, I, and I have a hard time with this, but I know that it happens, so I'm not going to be naive. Children being sexually abused, um, children being put in a position that they are supposed to trust an adult, but yet there's reasons why some of us don't trust adults, and we have to figure out what that is. Being a kid and having this trauma, how did that make you feel, and how did you think that you could actually trust another adult or think you could trust another adult when someone was actually hurting you? So when I first went into, um, when I first got adopted, I still have my DCF records that show that I was sexually abused um, at one and a half years old, that I showed signs of that. Um, and so I was not aware of that. And the first time that I was sexually abused in my adoptive parents' home was actually by my sister's husband. I was 12 years old. And because I was given a new family, my fear was don't say anything because you don't want to destroy what you've been given. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there was a lot of fear there. You know, this was my second chance. Don't mess it up. And the truth ended up coming out about that situation. And, you know, we went to court and all of that. It, it really destroyed the family. And as I got older, my biological brother that was adopted with me actually started sexually abusing me as well. And, that I think has been the biggest hurdle as I've grown into a, a young woman is overcoming those types of traumas because you're right that you would think that they would destroy me internally. I have just been so dedicated to my personal growth journey and working through those demons that I refuse to let anything that has happened to me hold my spirit down or keep me from living my best life. Are you still in contact with your brother? I am not, no ma'am. It says in here that you wrote, not just the sexual abuse and the drugs, that you went down a path of um, destruction. Was that your mm -hmm. outlet? Was that your uh, cry out? What was that? Most definitely. So obviously having the really rough younger years, getting adopted, my parents that adopted me were in their 50s when I was six or seven. So there was already that ginormous age gap and there was a major lack of emotional connection. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if they, if they adopted me for the right reasons or if it was a paycheck. And I don't mean that by any means, but there was absolutely no emotional connection there. And to me, there were, there weren't like the mommy dad daughter dates. There weren't the extra things that you do with children to try to emotionally connect. So growing into a preteen, I was desperate for emotional connection, for love, attention, um, for just family connection. And when I didn't get that at home, all the pain inside of me, I started acting out. And that's when I started skipping school and hanging out with the wrong crowd and doing drugs and running away from home. Because those people, they gave me attention, even if it was the wrong kind of attention. They made me feel important. They made me feel loved. And that's not something that I was experiencing at home. So I looked for it in all of the wrong places. You know, you made that comment, and I cringed about whether they adopted you for the right reasons. And I've heard that a few times in different organizations that I have worked through the community that I'm in. And it just breaks my heart to think that someone would think that a paycheck is more important than a person. But it does happen, so I'm not going to say that I'm right or wrong by what I'm saying, it's just my personal feeling. But to want to feel like you're loved, and I don't know how many foster homes you were in before you actually found one that you actually felt like you were a part of a family. 
do you want to share with us? There, there were, gosh, I must have been in five or six, and I don't think you ever feel like a family in a foster home. Um, you're in a foster home with so many different kids, and you're just, you're kind of shuffled through. You know, they can only take so many kids, and then they have to put you to the next home, and so you're constantly being moved around, and you, in the foster care system, you don't get comfortable with the family and they place you with them, you get chosen. And so, you know, we had one day of visiting with this family and they said, okay, we'll take them. And, you know, two weeks later, when this in a completely new environment, having to readjust. Um, and that's, that's a lot of, of changes and challenges for a young, already emotionally struggling child. It broke my heart to hear that you have to be chosen, but that's how the process mm -hmm. is. It's definitely yeah. a process. Um, so tell me more about some of the things, like you said, you were a um, juvenile delinquent. I haven't heard that phrase in a long time. Yes. So I ran away from home a lot. And I wasn't, even though I was a juvenile delinquent, I was arrested a lot. I was never arrested for like violent crimes. It was always um, like running away from home and skipping school and trespassing and um, I was so uncontrollable that my adoptive mother would call the cops on me for anything to put me in jail. And looking back, I, I don't even blame her because I was so uncontrollable. She didn't know what to do with me. And um, I, I even ran away from runaway shelters. I was in six-month rehabilitation programs. One thing that I never did dabble in was I never, and you know, I thank the Lord for this, I never had a drug problem. So there wasn't, um, you know, even though I tried drugs, I'm very grateful that I didn't get addicted to anything because both of my biological uh, parents have that issue. But I just went through so many different programs. I went to Georgia for an all girls program. And um, around the age of 16, I actually was in Halifax Rehabilitative Serv uh, Behavioral Services. And that's where I saw a, um, a pamphlet for Job Corps, Gainesville Job Corps. Um, and that is kind of known as like the school for the bad apples, the kids who can't make it in high school. It's a, a home away from home. You learn a trade, you get your high school diploma, um, and you're, you're still in a lockdown facility, but you're away from your parents. And when I picked up that pamphlet, I thought to myself, maybe this is my out. Wow. So it's kind of like some of the kids I've seen um, that don't like their home, that it's their, they're running away again, but there's more hope in this type of running away. Definitely. I, what I wanted, and the, the weird thing is, and I share about this in my book, and some of these women are still close friends of mine to this day. My home life, I was such a monster, so to speak, there. But when I would go and I would play with their kids or I would babysit for them, they saw the most um, darling, sweet girl that just wanted to be loved. And there was a beautiful connection there. So now these women are in their 50s and 60s and I'm in my 30s and they're like, all you wanted and needed back then was to be loved properly. And so it's been amazing for them to see my transformation and for them to still love me. You know, when I was that old girl who was struggling. So... It's, it's been an amazing evolution. So you mentioned the book, so we may as well just dive right into it. Yeah. Tell us more about what this book is. First, I want to hear the title. Yes. So the name of the, my book is called From White Trash to Worthy. And that is because a lot of my preteen years, 
Um, you know, I spent time in trailer parks and around the wrong, the wrong crowd of people. Um, I spent seven years in a really abusive relationship with my daughter's father. And the name that he had for me was White Trash. And that name used to pain me so, so heavily because I opened up and told him about my past. I told him about my struggles. And instead of him seeing a woman that had overcome so much and grown in her life, I was labeled white trash. So when I moved from Florida to Arizona and I started my life over with my daughter, I continuously saw myself sharing my story and inspiring other women. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not white trash anymore. I have overcome every single obstacle that's been thrown at me. And I need to make a book about this because I was supposed to be a statistic. I was supposed to end up like a prostitute, like my mother on the streets. Like I was, I was never supposed to graduate high school. I was never supposed to get a college degree. And I just, every single thing that was thrown at me, it has been incredibly painful, but I have said, you know what, what can I make out of this, this tribulation? How can I turn this into something powerful? And so my book is about my life story, every single deep, heavy story I've been through, what I did with it, what I learned from it, and how I've taken all of that past and made something powerful with it today. Turning pain into power. I love it. I love it. And um, at first it was like, oh yeah, white trash. Okay. But yeah, some negative words. You actually turned it around, polished it up and made it your mm -hmm. own. And you know, and I've said this before, and I'm sure you've heard this phrase too. We are who we are because of where we have once been. But we don't have to mm -hmm. stay there when it comes to that negative side. And that's exactly what you did. All the stuff that you read, the stuff that you talked about, is an absolute reason for someone to say, well, this is just who I am. This is the way I was raised, so get over it kind of thing, right? But you're like, no. Exactly. And, then, and then the other part that actually, and, and we see this often, um, when you come to someone and you thought you found love, you had someone that you trusted, to open up your heart, to be vulnerable and say, I'm gonna share with you why I am the way that I am and I'm gonna hope that you don't use it against me um, for the good of whatever you're gonna gain. And it sounded like being called white trash. It was like, oh, well, I love you, but conditionally versus I love you unconditionally. So in a, in a way, it was a disguise also, a blessing in a disguise to where now, not only do you have a book, you're successful, you have how many children? I heard you talk about a daughter. Do you have more than one? I have, I have two. I have a, a, a little girl and a little boy. Okay. And then you have something even more impressive up and coming, and that is um, not just your coaching, but you have a conference that you want to do as well. But I want to pull back for a second. I want you to talk about your coaching. Yes. So 2021, I was married, and I decided to um, – leave my husband at the time and not for, you know, anything. He's a wonderful man, wonderful father. But when I moved up to the, the top of the mountain, um, I have been getting louder and louder with my voice and my story of sharing all of this. And I was constantly my environment and my partner that I needed to quiet this part of me down. This wasn't acceptable. This is weird. We don't talk about this. And it's when it's inside of you and it's screaming, that's not something that you can ignore. And I said, you know what? Like, I'd rather leave and listen to this voice inside of me and see where it takes me. 
And so I, I left that marriage and it was very painful because all I've ever wanted is a family. You know, I grew up without a family. Um, wonderful man came from a wonderful family, but I just knew it was not a match. So when I left, I was going, I, I was up on this, I would say on this mountain in my life. And I was just in this very high place thinking, awesome, you go girl, you've been through all your childhood past, you have nothing else to overcome and everything's wonderful. And this was another massive realization in my life where I realized you can be doing amazing in life and life's going to happen again. And so 2021, I went through the most treacherous divorce of my life. I went through a lot of trauma with my daughter in a situation and I felt like my entire world came crumbling down and it was, it was amazing for my ego because it gave me the ability to say, okay, Mia, now that you're back at the bottom, what are you going to do from here? And that's when I just, I felt God say, you know, Mia, I got you just trust me and follow him. And at the same time, I could just feel so much inspiration cracking me open and saying, go for it. And that's when I launched my women's coaching business. That's when I launched this giant, like, I don't even know what you, this, whatever it is inside of me, I just, I had to get it out of me. And that's when I did uh, powerhouse women out of California, which hundred books, I did a huge training program. I signed on with a book publisher to start my book and it just was what I needed. And I was all this time was just dying to get it out of me. And my women's coaching business is uh, called Worthy Women. And that was based off so many of us women have been through things in life and we feel ultimately that we're not worthy to pursue the things that we really want to because of the things that we have been through and coaching them and helping them realize actually those things are actually what prepared you for why you're ready to do that today and transforming their mind and saying, if I could go through all of this, of course I'm capable of all of this success and I am so deserving of it. And, um, it's just, it's been such an honor to help women along the way. I did a, um, a nine week course with women. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with women and I'm really excited for my book and the women's conference and, you know, I also do this on the side because I'm also a real estate agent and I also teach at, at uh, a high school and a foster home teaching mental health. So I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I have a lot going on, but making sure that I don't lose sight of the bigger picture, which is to use my story to help heal other women. You got me sold 100% on that one. <laughs> and, you know, I know you've heard this phrase, too, that people will say, why me? You just give every reason why not you, right? Mm -hmm. Just like I have. Well, it's my interesting story. because what I hear so many times in life is, when like not just women but people in general, it's like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And you know, I heard a um, a phrase the other day in church, and it was, suffering is suffering until we apply a meaning to it. And the reality of life is sometimes we don't always understand why things happen. You know, why there's a death or why trauma happens or abuse happens, but it, like we're ever evolving, our souls are growing. And for whatever reason, God, higher power, whoever you believe in felt that you needed this for your growth. And so I needed all of that to be right here where I am in this moment, just like with your situation, you had to go through that to be here facilitating growth for women like me. And so if we can just trust that the trials in our life, they're, they're there for a reason and allow us 
instead of saying, God, make this storm end, it's God, what can I learn from this storm? I agree with you. Um, not everyone has a traumatic story as you have, or I have, or other people I've sat here and had the blessing of getting to know, but everyone has something that has changed them or something that needs to change them, right? Mm -hmm. So now you have this other project that we had talked about off camera. I want you to share what your dream is and vision is with um, the future being a conference, I think you said? Yes. So. I, I have a conference I'm going to be doing up here on the mountain. Um, it's going to be the first annual um, White Mountains Women's Empowerment Conference. And my goal is to feel, fill an auditorium with women that are seeking connection and inspiration um, and empowerment. And especially where I live, I feel that it's really hard for me to find women that I can connect with. And so my purpose is to share my story and have some other speakers come and share their story as well. And I also want to have women that offer healing modalities such as counseling or breath work or um, women that run healing spas um, or Reiki. There's so many different kinds of ways that you can um, heal your trauma, like RMD, um, RMD therapy. I think I said the letters wrong, but that was something that was huge and beneficial to my growth. And there's so many women that are hiding behind themselves and they want to get out and they want to heal and they don't know if they can connect with anybody. And so when I share my story and I'm super loud on social media, people are like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just like you or I've experienced this too. And I want to connect with you. And so this is an opportunity to bring all those women, put them in one room, inspire them with stories, offer them different vendors with healing modalities and send them back out into the world to, start working on themselves. I've been doing this work for 15 years now. And some women are like, oh my gosh, I need to get started. And so I hope that this is the catalyst for a lot of women to wake up and, and start getting some healing that they need. I love the fact that you just said the work on you. I started on this journey in 2010, um, shortly after the story that changed my life. But um, at the same time, like you, I had everything collapse in my life that I didn't think was possible for one person. But now that I've heard you say it, I'm like, there's another person that's just like me when it comes to everything can fall apart around you. And then you figure, is there anything more from this? Because this is really hard and it hurts. And you're down on, the knee, on your knees not knowing where you're supposed to go. And better yet, I didn't have any resources. So I love that you're going to have this conference. I didn't have any one of those resources. So you to provide resources to help other women is, um, that's amazing. So I'm glad that you have done the work because it takes, it doesn't just happen overnight or one time you go to an event and say, oh, I'm doing the work. No, it takes consistency, being mm -hmm. accountable for it and continuously doing it because it's a constant healing process. Everything in our lives is a constant healing process. So I'm glad you're doing that and you're going to provide that to other women who maybe don't know how, maybe they have some shame within them thinking, well, I should have known better than to be in this situation. But that's not always the case because you've already said that yourself. You, you wanted love. We're all looking for love. We're all looking for acceptance. We don't like that word abandoned, but somewhere you and I can relate to the fact that we've been abandoned in certain parts of our lives. And there's other women that feel the same way that don't know how to ask for help or know who to go to and trust them when they ask for help, right? Definitely. And I think what I see more often than not is women who've been through trauma, they, they turn cold and they shut down inside. 
And then they live their life like this. And I get it. It can be so uncomfortable to, to rip off that protective layer and that mask and show up. But the reality is, is either you're going to use that pain and that trauma to grow in your life, or it's going to kill you. And so you're going to keep on having to survive every day anyways. So how are you going to show up in the world? How are you going to show up for your children and your husband? Because no, we can't control what's happened to us, but we can control what we do with it. And so a comment I get all the time is Mia, how are you so vibrant and full of life and love and care? Like if you would have known what I went through in 2021 with the, just the amount of um, painful situations I've been through and I'm still here smiling and, you know, I'm, I still try to be as kind as I can, you know, to my ex-husband, it, it would blow your mind. Um, but I just know that um, either I can be bitter or I can be better. Love it. And that's how I'm going to choose to live my life. It's actually easier to live with that. And I, and I think you can relate to this too, is people will say, well, you need to forgive them. And I had a hard time with this for my own self, and I'm sure a lot of other people. You're like, why would I forgive someone for their behavior? And it's like, no, no, you need to release that for you. They have to deal with it themselves. And when I realized that going through some of the work for a long time, I realized that I had more peace than that person who was hurting me. And that was what the forgiveness was about. It was about me having peace and saying, I can't change what has happened or how that person's going to treat other people or me. I know how I'm gonna treat myself. And I wanted to say something as well. You had mentioned about how you wanna be the best version of yourself and how you show up for your family or your husband. I actually will pull that back for myself and say, how do I as an individual wanna show up for me in this world? Because some mm -hmm. people don't have a spouse or they don't have children and they do have trauma that happens. And so how are they showing up for themselves? Because yeah. it makes it it makes Definitely. a difference. Yeah, it does. If you're not taking care of you, how can you take care of else? And like you said, even if they don't have spouse or children, how can you even have meaningful, deep relationships if you're not healing what's inside of you? Because eventually, it's going to come out. Yes, you know, and you've heard that that phrase too, where people say, um, "Find your purpose." And I, I know there's a lot of people say, "How do you find purpose in all this crud, all this chaos, all this pain?" And there must have been that quiet moment in your journey of the process of everything you've been going through to heal um, that you said, oh, this is what that means. Exactly. Well, it's, you said you started your healing journey in 2010. And it's funny because I started mine in 2010 as well. And my daughter's father had actually introduced me to personal growth seminars. And I just latched onto them and I took every single one I could and I started reading all these books and attending all these seminars. And then I read a book about passion and, you know, I had done the American dream. I had gotten the degree, you know, I had my own house, my own car. I was American, you know, successful, but I was so empty inside. So reading that book made me realize what am I really passionate about? And in that moment, I realized I am passionate about teaching personal growth and who better than to teach it than myself, because I've been at the bottom. And so as I continue to grow in my life and I take these situations, it's just I apply them and, and I just teach it. And it's that is my purpose. I have used my pain and it is now my purpose. And, you I, know, that's I'm sorry, but that's again, that's not as cookie cutter and simple for everybody. You know, some people, they don't have trauma and they, they were raised in a good life and they're like, oh, you know, there's different things that I can do with them, you know, modalities that help them get more clear on that. 
but everybody has a purpose here. Everybody has a purpose. And if you allow your soul to get quiet enough, it will tell you what it is. I agree with you. I agree with you. Even in the most darkest places that you don't think that there's light, there's, there's still light. You're just so focused on the darkness that you're not looking at there's light beyond that. So yeah. it's like saying it's a cloudy day, where's the sun? The sun's always there. It's just being covered by a cloud, right? That's right. <laughs> so I have a final question, and it's if I could ask only one question to know about someone or think I know about who they are, it would be this question. Based on everything you've said, this might be a, I'm, I'm actually anxious to hear the answer on this one. My question is this, what message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of life? Mm, that's such a pro profound question. What message would I love to leave everyone? Um, so basically it's at some point in our lives, we're all going to experience very painful moments, hardships, uh, traumas, and my deep push for you is what are you going to do with that? You get the choice of what you're going to do with that. You're either going to stay in that painful place and be a victim and blame and let it completely destroy the joy or your future, or you're going to say, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I help others from this? And my true belief is we find the most fulfillment in our souls when we serve others. So I encourage you to take that situation and allow yourself to just learn from it, grow from it. And then when you have gotten through all of that, turn around and help the next person. It is the most powerful feeling in this world. I love that answer. Thank you. And I knew it would be a long one because of all the different things you've been through. And there's no right or wrong on the answer. It's really what comes from your heart because if that was the only thing anyone knew about you, that mm -hmm. was something that they could take away. So that's why I always ask because I never know. We're going to meet so many people in the future we don't know we're going to meet and they're going to be there for a long time, you know, whatever, whatever that time frame is. So I always go, I wonder what makes that person be who they are because there's something behind them always, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you for trusting me, being vulnerable, and sharing your story. And the title of your book, once again, um, is From White Trash to Worthy. And where will this be and found? This will be on Amazon, um, hoping by the end of June. And the cool thing is, is the Honorable uh, Judge Herbert Grimes, the one that arrested me so many times as a teenager, he actually is writing the foreword in my book. <gasps> wow. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. That is, yeah. oh, that's really, that is nice. You yeah. just never know, right? It's one of those help someone else. And I'm sure that he's very proud of you and what you have overcome as well. I have one of those teachers that did the same thing. He's since passed away, but he was always saying, hey, Christine, you just never know who you're going to meet and how someone's going to make an impact in your life or you're going to impact theirs. And that's what you've done. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. And he's done for you that he's doing the forward in your book. So that's great. Yeah. That's I'd right. like to get a copy of your book, too, so you'll have to remind me when it comes out. For sure. Thank you again for being my guest. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Ooh, these always just get better and better. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story that will help someone else along their journey. 
please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, also, you can email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care. <laughs>